Hey everyone, this is Kike Autry with Psyche Podcast, and in this episode, I speak with my good friend, Patrick McGrath-Muñiz. This is the eighth installment in a series where Patrick and I explore the first 22 cards of the Major Arcana of the Tarot. Patrick is a really good friend of mine here in Houston. Uh, he's originally from Puerto Rico, where I'm from, and we connected years ago, and we've been inseparable since exploring the depths of all these wonderful images and symbols in the tarot. Now, his work has been featured in art galleries and museums across the country. In this specific episode, we explore the symbolism and the significance of the chariot card, which Patrick renders in his deck, El Carro, or the car in English. Please, as you listen to this episode, if you enjoy any of the ideas I would love for you to support Patrick's work. You can buy some of his paintings or drawings on his website, and I'll include that link in the show notes. But you can also go to, and we joked about this, Amazon or Walmart or anywhere where tarot cards are sold, you can find his deck, El Tarot Neocolonial de las Américas. It's a beautiful deck. You'll really enjoy it, whether you use the tarot for personal readings or if you use it the way that I do, which is just to sit with the symbols and and you use the cards as a type of spiritual or psychological practice of sorts, I think you'll really enjoy his deck. As always, share this episode with friends, with people who might benefit from it, and continue the conversation. Man, Patrick, it's great to have you again at the podcast studio, and I'm just so excited to have this conversation in our series looking at the major arcana of the tarot. I know today we're going to look at the chariot, or what you describe in your deck, Tarot Neocolonial de las Américas, el carro, or the car in English. Yeah, it would be the chariot. Uh, It's also known as the card of reward or victory. Mm. But it's 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 uh, traditionally the chariot. But of course, today in in our terms, modern terms, it would be the car. Okay, yeah. So I think I'm going to do what we usually do, which is just to read the little summary that comes in the booklet. If if someone you know buys your your deck, which I want to encourage anyone to do, it's it's a beautiful deck. Uh, it's a really creative sort of rendition of the tarot. They can find this little booklet, and you kind of give a summary of each card, and, and it's really helpful. So. I'm going to read it, and then you can kind of take us... It's the Tarot Neocolonial de las Américas, published by U.S. Games. Yes. Just in case, you know, we missed that. Absolutely. And I think, I know (laughs) a lot of people hate Amazon, but they can find it on Amazon. You can find it uh, at Walmart. (laughs) Really? (laughs) Fucking Walmart? If you go online, yeah, I was surprised to see that. But yeah, it is. (laughs) Yeah. Man, the irony of this deck... (laughs) <laughs> right, exploring colonialism and capitalism and being, ca- sold and being sold at Walmart. Being sold at Walmart. You know what? That's America, though. Yeah, it is. It's we're full of contradictions. We are full of contradictions. Yeah, yeah <laughs> that's part of it. Okay, so here's the summary: El Carro, the first affordable automobile built in an assembly line. The Ford, the Ford Model T forges ahead, initiating a new world era. On this card, we see an early. 20th century antique stuck in a city traffic jam. This is a commentary on car culture and an over-reliance on an unsustainable transportation infrastructure. While giving us apparent independence, it also makes us dependent on a system based on fossil fuels. 
Just as any road gives us two directions to take, this card gives us two possible interpretations. Either we are ahead of the rest, forging ahead in our triumphal chariot, or we are delayed by unforeseen circumstances around us. Therefore, this card is about roadblocks and overcoming them. We may feel things going slowly in our lives, but the pace of progress is rapid. Everything is in constant flux and time moves forward, not back. Perhaps it is time to realize there is no time to look back. We should stand up and move forward with our goals. Notice the stand sign from Standard Oil in the upper right corner. In it, we see a torch. This translates as a purveyor of light and success. On the opposite side, we see a transit warning sign with lights off. These are often turned on to indicate delays or warnings ahead of us. We should move forward, but be mindful of what's going on around us. That's great. There's a lot in there to unpack, I think. Yeah, that's a very positive card uh, overall. I mean, every card has a, its negative side, right? Its dark side. But I feel like whenever you have a, in, a, in a tarot reading a card like this, it means yes. It means a big yes, like moving forward with any any question you might have. And uh, as you mentioned there, reading from that book, uh, from the booklet, it, you know, the, the key words here is success, victory, reward. You know, feeling victorious, glorious, like things are going your way, you know. But at the same time, there's a, it's as in every card and as, as in every symbol, there's like a, a dark or negative aspect to it. We're in, in a car. If we become over-identified with the car, you know, we become one with the machine. It has its also its cons, right? It has its things of, like this illusion of entrapment and, 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 and being uh, like the feeling of being stuck in a traffic jam, take for example, like like you're in the middle of this whole progress, nightmare of progress, right? The world is moving forward and moving at such a rapid pace. You have AI, you have the, right after the industrial revolution, this this whole anxiety that has been felt by, by the collective psyche, people feeling so anxious and moving to the city and it's all work, 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 work. This card is all about that, but it's also about freedom, that that is brought with it, you know, this whole thing of called progress of Western civilization. Yeah. Oh man, there's so much yeah, there. There's a lot. Yeah. No, I mean, I think very big picture thinking about technology. I'm always pointing out to my own kids when they ask me or, or clients when we're kind of exploring some of these topics that while technology, I think in its best form, is supposed to help us advance and, and maybe make our lives easier or yeah, just just make it better in ways it can so often take us backwards. And and I just think about the card, I mean this this piece of technology, the car which is supposed to really help us move forward as a society is often something that keeps us stuck. Yes. That creates a lot of issues. From the whole deck and from the 22 major arcana, I feel like this is the the card that is specifically aimed and oriented at modernism, at the modern life. Mm. Uh, uh, you know, it was created in, during the Renaissance. You had the Marseille Tarot deck, which is the chariot, which traditionally, you know, you know, have had two horses. Uh, in the Rider Waite version, you have two sphinxes, but it, it's always the same meaning, right? It, it's this, uh, this force that you have to harness. It, it's usually dual in nature. So it can go... In both the negative or positive direction, but you have to make sure that it's, it, you know, 
it's aligned. The wheels are aligned. They're in, in, in proper alignment, just like a vehicle. So it, it's, it, it has to do with, with the way we live, our lifestyles, our modern lifestyles, which are very much driven, like you say, and influenced by technology. And, and the problem of, of being carried away by it and being used by technology instead of us using the technology in our, for our own use. Sure. You know, one of the things, and, and you, you find this in your summary, and I think this is just true of you as an artist and just as a person building on all of our kind of conversations we've had over the years. I feel like this card is is calling me toward greater mindfulness or awareness of what's happening around me. And, and I think that's sort of a, an interesting and maybe important point to make as we navigate technology that we have to be careful, I think, as you might say, to just adopt something wholesale because, you know, the capitalist uh, leaders are telling us to do that. We have to kind of take a step back and really ponder whether this is good for us or not. Absolutely. Uh, one thing that comes to mind when you bring that up of, of the mind of reason and being able to discern is that uh, much of the imagery that is in the tarot and many people just... Oh, overlook this and just don't uh, pay much attention to the allegorical nature of these images that are really neoplatonic in nature. They derive from many of the ideas from Plato and the, the ancient uh, philosophers. And Plato had in the Phaedrus uh, this idea that the soul was triune or divided in three parts. That is the soul of reason, the soul of will, and the soul of appetites. So in in other words, and he used the, the exactly the, the image of the charioteer or the chariot driver with the two horses in order to explain that in an allegorical, uh, a metaphorical way. So what he used to explain as the, the, the triple nature of the soul is that the driver is the soul of reason, the mind, the nose, uh, uh, right? Uh, the logos. And, and uh, you would have the two horses, which would be the soul of will, which is driven by passions, by, by ego, and, and by this, uh, uh, really this, this need to be accepted in the group and social uh, circles in society, right? Uh, the, the persona and all of that. And then you have the soul of appetites, which is really more about sex, food, and the basic needs uh, of, of, of our human nature, right? So the driver has to control these two horses. He has to harness the force uh, of these two horses that are sometimes not aligned and, and sometimes try to go in different directions and, and try to make... Uh, uh, you know, through his strength, through his the use of the proper coordination and balance, keep them in check mm. and keep them in the right direction and in the, at the right speed, at the right pace. They have to be aligned and in check. So uh, this 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 whole idea of reason being in charge and being the driver is really what we're we're we're, we're going and we're heading into with this card. That's really interesting. I don't know if you saw this on social media, but I have another friend who created a tarot deck. It's called the Philosopher's Tarot Deck. And the chariot has Plato as the figure, as the philosopher that it's connected to. So I I, I hadn't read the summary that goes with that book yet. And so what you just said makes so much sense as to why Plato is connected to the chariot. It's very platonic. Uh, The the image of the charioteer and and the horses is very platonic. You have black and white. And in the case of the Rider Waite deck, which is the most popular and standard tarot in use, you have two sphinxes. And sphinxes have to do with riddles, 
right? Oedipus had to uh, uh, confront a, a sphinx, and, he, and the sphinx had a riddle, and the riddle was what walks on four legs in the morning, what walks on uh, two legs in, at, at noon, and what walks on three legs at night. And, that's, and he had the right answer. It was humans. Mm. So as babies, we crawl, then we walk on two, and then we have a stick or a staff, and then we walk on three. Oh. So it's like human nature, right? And, and, and he knew that, and, and that's how he, he liberated the, the, the thieves from the sphinx that was just uh, devouring anyone who just guessed the wrong answer. So the sphinx has this, this, this very enigmatic, mystical, esoteric uh, uh, symbolism that is added to the tarot. But if even when you go with the horses, the horses have this traditional uh, symbolic tie with death and, and the afterlife because because horses were uh, used to be buried with the with the kings and the rulers and they were uh, very closely associated with the people who were on top of on power right and they were like psychopomp or, or animals or creatures that w- would go from one world to to the next right because they're the ones who travel and take the the souls to the afterlife to 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 the elysium fields so either way these are the driving forces how we handle these these forces that that sometimes want to go in opposite directions or don't necessarily want to obey our 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 directives or uh, the the way we want to guide them that's what this card is all about okay so that's why plato plays a perfect uh, role in this because Plato was was the the first one who really brought this allegorical image uh, to the to the forefront right now. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. So Patrick, in just a moment, I want to ask you this question about self driving cars and and, a, and an interesting kind of philosophical problem that that poses. But before we go there, I, I will say the one thing that really struck me about your card as I was kind of thinking about it this week is that, you know, in some ways it is kind of different than the chariot. I mean, some, 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 some of your other renditions of the major arcana have obviously nuanced and changed some of the elements, you know, based on like the Rider Wade or the Marseille. But I feel like the car, while I, I get the connection to the chariot, is quite different as a symbol. And, and so I'm wondering why pick a car? What, what, what is it about the car that, yeah, drew you to that, that symbol? Well... When you come to think about it, chariots is a chariot is not something you comes to mind easily for someone who is living in this modern society. We're more used to cars. We're that's our daily experience. Okay, and I feel like it really carries the same meaning, and and uh, and and it's more effective in a way of of translating the symbolic representation of the chariot. With, you know, within the context of the of the contemporary world, we are experiencing more time in our cars than ever before in human history. So the chariot, while it might have the cognitation of being driven by a prince or someone who, who has this elitist status of power, which is what traditionally you would uh, associate with a chariot with a victorious general or, a, or, or an Alexander the Great, a hero who is just gloriously being received by the crowds in a parade of victory in Rome, in ancient Rome, or wherever it might be in the ancient world, 
that's what that would be, right? That card is associated with that very specific timeline. I think the car is more relatable to us middle-class modern citizens that are driving these modern-day chariots. And in a way, we might feel proud of ourselves, of our cars, the cars that we drive. We're very much identified with the car that we drive. And, and in a way, we are sponsoring and consuming and buying into this American dream of owning your own vehicle, right? And, and, and everything that, it, that is implied within that, you know, we're becoming prince and princesses of our own destinies and driving this, you know, or at least we think we are, right? Mm. We're driving our own fates or destinies. Oh, that's good. Yeah. That's good, Patrick. Okay, so so what do you think about this? And, and I'm, I'm pulling it up on my phone just so I could remember exactly what the, the book is called. But yeah. this is going to be a question about this whole phenomenon of self-driving cars. So th- this comes from a guy. He's a philosopher. His name is Matthew Crawford. And he wrote a book called Why We Drive Toward a Philosophy of the Open Road. Huh. And And what he's basically arguing in that book is He's ultimately against something like self-driving cars because he argues that the fact that we drive cars still points to skills that we learn. Because, you know, as as humans, we didn't evolve to use the type of brain capacities that we have to engage in to actually drive a car. You know, that's that's pretty advanced, right? It's actually impressive that we as these like evolved primates can actually get in a car and drive it yeah. fairly successfully. So so his point is to move in the direction of self-driving cars not only means that capitalism is going to take even another inch toward us by always advertising to us, right? Yes. <laughs> and, you know, it's going to be just another way that it can advertise. It's actually going to probably make us either lazier or it's going to take away some of the skills that are necessary to learn how to drive a car in the first place. And that that is ultimately not a positive for the future evolution of humans. Absolutely. I I couldn't agree more. Uh, I think we are headed towards a, a moment in history where it's becoming more and more uh, commonplace to have this uh, passivity. That's Mm. just, just, collective passivity uh towards everything like less and less effort less and less action less and less work so we think all these machines are making our life easier you know and and we have self-driving cars making everything easier but in the long run they are really taking away all of uh, you know the relevancy of our skills and the the experiences that we might have like just think for a moment the first time you drove a car, that feeling you had, that experience of, of having your first driver's license, of, of buying your first car yeah, and driving it and being able to say, okay, now I can drive to wherever I want. I can go. I have this total freedom, this in, 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 the, the sensation, the feeling, the experience is very human. But then you get that replaced by a machine and then you just don't get to think about that. Right. Taking away a big chunk of our humanity, even though it might sound like, oh, yeah, that, but that's a modern invention. We really didn't, you know, evolve, like you say, like we as, as, as primates and, and, you know, being of, of this whole ape family, we really didn't need cars to begin with. But at the same time, the car 
is this symbol of aspiration mm. of of knowing and understanding that we can be in control of our own destinies. So it's symbolic in nature. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Not being in control of that is being uh, under the influence of the machine or the AI or the that this this whole automates uh, you know automated uh, uh, process of 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 taking hold of all of our decisions is just gonna uh, 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 take away a big part of what makes us human. I feel. Yeah. See, and this is where. I don't think it's the only way to see it. I realize I'm biased and I have a perspective, but there's a lot of language. There's a lot of rhetoric out there that says technology is designed to help enhance our humanity. But I think more than not, it actually takes away from our humanity. It takes away from some of those skills, some of those ways that we've developed. I I think it maybe even takes away our potential as humans rather than enhancing it. And maybe there's an argument that it can enhance it, but but at least right now I'm seeing it more as a negative than a positive. Yeah, I think uh, technology must be used because it has to be. I mean, we, we are, uh, ever since humans started working with tools, that's what makes us human, right? In the inventiveness of it. Mm. The, 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 the car is really a, a symbol of ingenuity, of human ingenuity. Of, of trying to think of ways of getting from point A to point B in a much faster, effective way. So it's a shortcut. We're not, we're not going through, through all the troubles. So why not do, you know, go all the way and make it, you know, automated and just AI right. and just self, self-driving. By the way, it would be much better in, in terms of, of saving lives and, and avoiding accidents. And from, a, you know, from that perspective, it makes a lot of sense. So I, I think it's a double-edged sword. That's what I. Uh, that's how I see technology. Technology is very much like the two horses, or the black and white sphinx that you see in the cards. That it could go either way, and we are the drivers who must decide how to harness this power in a neutral, very directed, oriented way. Okay. Now, with with that comment about like let's say self-driving cars, at least because I know the technology is definitely not there yet. But let's say let's just assume that it will get there where it will result in a lot less deaths. Let's say it'll be, quote unquote, safer than just, you know, regular humans actually driving cars like we do now. Yes, I could see that being, quote unquote, a positive. But what would be taken away? In other words, isn't it a a reality that to be human on this planet is to engage in a type of risk is to express our freedom and then get into a situation where maybe that leads to a negative result. And while I don't think anyone really wants that, if we take that away, are we robbing humanity of something important? I think so. Uh, I do agree that uh, self-driving cars are a good thing overall. I really think so. Uh, Even though they might take away that experience from Mm -hmm. us, we can always travel in many other ways, right? And, and the act of traveling doesn't rely necessarily solely on a car. But the, the, the fact that you mentioned taking risks, that's a big part of it. And I feel like this card really represents the, the first step of the hero's journey, mm. as described by Joseph Campbell and the hero of a thousand faces. And because you're seeing 
the card that starts after right after the lovers. The lovers was about choice, like the freedom of choosing who to be with or what path to take. What where we we have this bliss. We follow our bliss. So that is what lovers is. And then we go all the way with it. You know, we we took this choice. We 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 made this decision and the car is about that. So the, the it's the hero's journey. It starts with the chariot. It starts with the car. We are taking these risks and that's the key word here, taking risk and personal responsibility for our actions and for the, for the things that we care about and the things that we believe in. That's what this this card is really about it. You know, going all the way, forging ahead, you know, no matter what the consequences, this enterprise might fail, but we're going ahead with it. Yeah. No, oh, that's man, that's yeah. so good. Yeah. It's sometimes when you have an idea of like, oh, I'm going to make this podcast no matter what, you know, you go ahead with it. You know, I'm going to make this exhibition no matter what. It's, I'm going with it. It might fail, it might be successful, who knows? That's the car. That's mm. the chariot card right there oh that's good i feel like we need to hear that more these days yeah yeah i think especially in in a society that's driven by content creators and people who want to be youtubers and and want to 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 place their own mark in society and 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 be you know uh have that split from 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 their 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 links to to school to parents to society and and just place their own banner their own flag like this is me this is who i am this is what i do that's the card that we need to listen to like uh trust yourself trust that inner intuition you already took the the first step now go ahead you're behind the wheel you're really in control of this you have to go no matter what you know there there might be roadblocks in the way but go ahead sure so this is man there's I just love talking to you, Patrick. This is great. Just kind of sharing this wine together and, and kind of riffing on all these like symbols. You know, one of the things that's coming up for me, just from my own experience, my work as a therapist, um, I work with a lot of guys. Many of them are, you know, diagnosed with autism. Others have some other kind of struggles. But one of the themes that is something that connects so many of the clients that I work with, especially the younger males is kind of this failure to launch from their homes. Sometimes they come back from college and they really struggle figuring out a job or just kind of how to how to gain a type of independence. And one of the things that's often a common denominator with all of them is they either don't want to get their license or they have this kind of almost paralyzing fear of driving. Yeah. So I'm wondering kind of what comes up for you as I kind of share that. I can, Little tidbit. I, I can relate to that. Okay. I, I, when I was a teenager, I had that fear of driving as well. And, and I remember failing my first driving test. I failed my first one too. <laughs> Why? <laughs> it's like it, 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 when you come to think about it, it is easy, but it, you, you feel nervous and there's so many insecurities and this lack of confidence that just takes over you. It's like, I cannot do this. But why? It's, it's so simple. It's just go with it and, and just learn the basics but why right it's just it's something that that at the same time i can relate but i question why why is it it's it's because maybe because this this insecure uh nature in 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 men that i feel like is part of it because we have to prove ourselves constantly in order for other people 
to acknowledge us and see, okay, how, oh, look how great he is. And, and every compliment that a guy receives is remembered forever. But, uh, you know, girls are receiving compliments all the time in, in, in a way. In my own experience, you know, from a teenager perspective, right? So it, it's easy to relate to that, uh, to that whole experience of, of driving a car for the first time. It's like, how is it done? It's like the myth of Phaeton uh, in, in Greek mythology. Phaeton was the son of Helios, the, the, son, the, the, the god, uh, you know, who is the deity of the sun, the sun deity. And he used to drive a chariot across the sky, who is the symbol of the sun. And this is a, a, an allegorical myth from, from ancient Greece. It's fascinating. it's fascinating. So he was very insecure because he is immortal. And, and so he is, his mother is mortal, but his father is a god, right? That's very familiar with Christian uh, narratives. You know, you have the Virgin Mary and you know, the grace of the, of the Holy Spirit and Jesus, right? So it, it's this guy who's feeling insecure. He has proved himself. That he is the son of the of, of of the sun god, so he wants to he steals the chariot for a moment and he says, "I'm going to prove to all these guys who's making fun of me and bullying me that I'm not really like a semi mortal or immortal, like a, a, a the sun the son of the sun, <laughs> and I'm going <laughs> to drive this chariot across the sky." But of course, he he just. His, his hubris is so great mm. that he feels like he is all on top of the world that, that he starts scorching the, 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 the forests, the cities. It, it becomes utter chaos on the world. So Zeus, the, 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 the king of the gods, has to strike him down with a lightning bolt. So that becomes a metaphor and a lesson to so all these people, guys especially, that feel so insecure, so they... they find refuge in their own hubris. It's like, ah, I'm the guy, I'm the man, I'm this, you know, I'm this, you know, I'm empowered male guy figure that is, you know, the son of the sun and I can ride this chariot. But at the same time, it's like, yeah, but realize your limitations, mm. realize that you're human, realize that you don't know it all, that, that it's, and it's okay. And it's okay to, to, to be, you know, have all these flaws and you don't know it all. So I feel like that goes really well with the with this card as well. And it's interesting that the the chariot has always been a symbol of the sun. It's a solar hero uh, uh, embodiment of the sun, right? It's 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 this personification of the sun. Yeah, that's really interesting. I, I like that, Patrick. Yeah. So one of the questions I had about your specific card was, you know, you could have chosen like a, a more contemporary car some kind of sports car or a truck or something <laughs> right but but you went with the model t ford I, I think that's like the first mass-produced car right it was the first mass why why go with that one i think uh, yeah that's a great question I, because that's the first car that uh really changed the whole way of doing things okay and, and i'm talking about the assembly line that, uh, for example, and there's assembly lines of, of painters in China, by the way. That Are you serious? Uh, yeah. <laughs> like they do. How the fuck does that work? Yeah. Well, someone uh, paints the sky. Someone paints the, the little house. And someone uh, paints like the waterfall and, and so on and so That's on. That's fucking like, wild, uh, man. There's like a, a little human machine for every part of the wow. product. 
So the this T model was the first car to be made in that way, right? Mm. Someone places the engine, someone uh, places the rim, and this and the other, and you know, every part of the car is made individually, you know, in a process that is driven by the assembly line, and that really pushed forward the industrial revolution, you know way ahead in, in a very rapid succession that has influenced everything from our phones to our computers to our cars everything moved and that once the assembly line was in place everything became specialized everyone became an expert in a very specific field of how to assemble this specific piece but nothing else wow so we became experts in just one thing so the car is really a testament. The chariot is a testament of, of our modern experience of being specialized on a single skill, nothing else. <laughs> like the modern world designs and, and pushes us towards being very focused on the thing that we know how to do, but nothing else. And it's just in a, in a way it's, it's dangerous because it yeah, was, I was going to say what's detrimental about that. It emphasis? is. It's very detrimental because when you think of uh, the pre industrial societies, these people who grew up uh, knowing how to farm, how to grow plants, how to hunt, how to uh, cook, how to build a house, how, how to fix things. They, they knew so many different skills that they could survive on their own. Like they could survive these tribes, these nomad tribes could go anywhere. Like think of, of, the, of the Indian tribes here in the New World moving from one place to another and just being self-reliant. We don't have that capacity anymore. We are really, uh, uh, we've grown weak and so, so dependent and, and so absorbed by and, and by these machines that we need in order to function, in order to operate, in order to relate to each other in a world that is driven by screens, driven by social media, driven by, you know. We've become stupider? I think so. Yeah. And dumber. Yeah. And dumber. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It's like everything is pre-digested and and, and prepared for us in a way. It's almost like a driving through a fast food. Right? Mm. And, and 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 because of the cars, we have fast foods as well. That the fast food industry really grew out of the car industry. Really, you come to, but I guess yeah. that makes sense. It I hadn't does. really thought about it that yeah. way, but I think you're right. You're on the road. You don't have time. You have to go through a drive-through. That's how McDonald's started its business. You know, that's how Burger King started its business back in the '50s and the '60s. Mm. So it, it, when you come to see, like all the 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 modern issues that that afflict us uh, psychologically, emotionally, spiritually speaking, come from our own relationship with these machines and our our over reliance on the machines. Yeah, man. So okay, again, there's just so much that I want to kind of talk about. <laughs> there's this a is, lot. I yeah, tell you, there's, there's, a there's lot. just so much. But there's a lot. I, I think one of the things that I sometimes hear. I listen to a lot of podcasts. I, I try to stay engaged online. Is almost like this return to the past, where yes. we were less technologically oriented. Um, you know, whether it's looking at what diet we should have or, or how we should kind of structure our lives. Are, are are you drawn to those visions of 
sort of trying to kind of escape modernization and go back to the past? Or do you see problems with that kind of romanticization? I can't say that word. Yeah, romanticization. That, what, yeah, that. <laughs> I can't say it either. I have problems with that word. But I, I feel like it's... it's uh, it's not recommendable to idealize, but to not demonize either. Mm. But I mean, so no a, idealization, no demonization. That's yes, good. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Just, just be aware that you live in this time and that you have to deal with it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we cannot go back. Uh, it's like, as you've read in this description with this car, as you can see in most decks, no time to look back. I no love time that. to look back. The car is looking right in front of us and we have to like deal with it. It's right in front of us. Uh, the progress, the movement, the motion, uh, it, it's all about the process. So you move forward. And you, you cannot move back. And, uh, and, and uh, I think, yes, there are reasons to feel nostalgic and, and missing the past. Like There are things that we really would love to retrieve and, and, and bring back from our distant memories, from our ancestors. Like, and that's one of the reasons why I use that. T, uh, T model from from the Ford Got you. car because I feel like it, it it's almost like going back. Oh know, yeah, and, and looking at where it's all started, where all this this car culture, which we are fascinated, especially here in Houston, that we almost like we have an art car parade every year. We really do. Yeah, in an art car museum, in an art car museum, and 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 growing up in Puerto Rico. I, I I remember seeing cars everywhere, and people were like so much into cars. It's a car culture. It's driven by everything. Like you cannot go to point A to point B without having a car. Mm. Uh, no matter what town you live in, uh, unless you live in like the plaza, like right in the downtown area, which is very rare. But people sp- live spread out these days. So there's really no way going back but unless you have a lot of money and you can buy a, a village in the south of France or in Italy or but we live in this modern world which just pushes us towards this spread out notion of of having to drive uh, to get to our the, the place where that we we have to commute to work sometimes hours it takes us hours to get I was there. gonna say that's so true of Houston as a city. Our public transportation sucks. We're so spread out. We're sprawling. I mean, I'm grateful to just live very close to my job, but I know I have a lot of friends that have to commute 45 minutes to an hour and a half. And so, like, the car is in some ways necessary for sustaining their life. It is, unfortunately. Unfortunately, yeah. (laughs) It is. It's just a a means to get there, right? Um, uh, that's how I see cars. And I remember growing up as a teenager, all my friends that I used to hang out with, they were talking about cars all the time. Because, of course, they are in high school. They're just like, ah, driven by all this, you know, alpha male adrenaline and testosterone. is like, oh, all about that. Look at that engine and look at the, these rims and look at the wheels. Oh, man, look at my car. Look at my everything. It was all oriented around the car. So and like, I want to go there. I was so sick and bored of these conversations. Because that's not really me. But, yeah, but okay. I know. I, 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 not I, me neither. Yeah, I know it's not you. I want to go there because, again, just thinking about my clients, I, I do see some guys where that's their prime obsession. It's about speed. Yes. You know, the best looking car. And, and I end up working with a lot of families that have quite a bit of resources. So they buy 
their teenage boys, you know, some really nice, expensive sports cars. And I'm like, fuck, man. <laughs> this is crazy. What When I think of the first toys that I ever played with, there were Hot Wheels. Oh, yeah. And then I, I had a I, shit ton of them. So many. This is the very first toys that they are, that as boys, we are introduced to before we go into Transformers and other stuff. But it's cars. It's like, ah, oh, the trucks. And the bigger, the better. The Tonka trucks. I love those. You know, and, and now we see the Fast and Furious. Uh, There's fucking 10 of them. 10? Fuck, <laughs> man. It, it's just, where are we going to as a society? Th- those are the role models. That's what they're, we are. That, that's, that's why what we buy into. That's, that's what we are really driven Mm. literally quite oh, literally that's by, good we're driven by that mm. you know, it's, it, it's almost like a a a a male spearheaded notion of how things ought to be they ought to be fast and get to the point and you get nascar and you get like all this nascar is is of course aligned with the whole this whole ideology right of of ah, yeah I'm the guy, I'm the man, yeah, this macho man guy (laughs) thing, you know, the patriarchy, yeah, USA. (laughs) It's like, it's the whole thing, the whole package on wheels. Mm. (laughs) It's always on wheels. Why? It it fascinates me. So how about this? How about this? Man, I'm I'm so resonating with all that and we're kind of getting into like masculinity stuff, which is cool. I wonder yeah. if this is a possible connection to the lover's card. Maybe not directly, but but I'm kind of seeing it that way, Patrick. Maybe you can kind of correct me. But again, just thinking through my work with teenage boys, part of why they want the fast sports car is they want to attract women. Of course. <laughs> they see it as a type of symbol that will draw the feminine. Yeah. Can you speak to that? I can speak to that absolutely <laughs> because I and I, I sorry I have to go back to high school, but I remember the time in high school that I saw these guys driving these nice sports cars. There, the the, the the it was all very close to the ground. The tires were everything was so nice. The rim, everything. Oh my god, these cars are so nice. The guys came with the these these uh, <laughs> these shades on, on on the glass and everything. And just looking for girls. Right, uh-huh. and the girls were like, oh, "Who's that? Who's that?" So of course, because the car is everything. The man cannot prove himself, so he has to drive a nice car, mm. right? The car it becomes a substitute, like a replacement for the penis, right? How big am I? I was like, look at my car, right? Like, look at my spoilers. Look at this. Look at the rim. Look at the dash. Look at this. Look at that. Look at my bumper. Look at oh, oh, so sexy, you know, and and that. You know, on in all seriousness, at the time that I grew up <laughs> and girls were crazy about that, it's like I need to drive a car too. You know, yeah. and, and 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 the culture is all contaminated and influenced by that whole image of of masculinity driving nice sports cars. It's all about the cars, and 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 it's there's this impetuous uh, masculinity about it that's just it's just. Uh, so oppressing in a way because mm. it's, it's just taking you know, over everything oh, every yeah. space and you know what it is here in texas <laughs> ah is those huge fucking trucks ah yeah 
<laughs> yeah. Dude, just the other. I mean, I'm six five. I'm tall as hell. <laughs> I parked next to this fucking truck that I swear was like ten feet high. I don't know how you get into that thing. Yes, and it was driven actually by a guy that was not very tall. <laughs> so I thought, man. Talk about compensation. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You got it there. That's right. On. And, and, and the other thing about the cars is that they're fast. and, and They, they are goes, fast. They're very go, they go so well with a impatient personalities mm. that are mostly. Okay, go there. Yeah. Yeah. We, 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 especially when we are much younger, right? When we are in our teens and 20s, we are so impatient and eager to get fast results you know, yeah, I want it fast. You know, that's why we go in and go for burger, fries, and Coke, and fast. <laughs> you know, everything is is driven by that. Uh, that we that that that's why we have expressions like "pull in your reins," mm. "hold your horses," "hold your horses," "hold your horses" ah. is just chariot driven <laughs> uh, uh, expression. Mm. It's really about that. It's about like hold hold it. You know, you have to be patient. Good things in life take time, and that's something that uh, as teenagers we we you know rarely understand. We want things to be just spontaneous and fast and just quick and and just get it over with, and and, and we don't appreciate the process, oh. the way to get from point A to point B. It's not about point B; it's about the way to get there. Mm. You know, enjoy the ride, enjoy the the, the journey. That hero's journey, crossing the threshold, is really what this is about. You know, take your time. Dude, I love that. So a couple of things. I mean, one, and and you can kind of go wherever your like psyche goes with it, but just one thing is I can't tell you how many people I speak with who will say their way of calming themselves down their way of feeling grounded and connected to themselves when, I don't know, they've gotten into an argument with a partner or they're upset with their parents or something kind of shitty's happened in their day is to get into a car, turn on some music they love, and just go for a drive. They're not going anywhere specifically. They don't necessarily have an agenda in terms of an A to B. They just need to sort of collect themselves and experience a type of mindfulness by just going for a drive. Absolutely. Where do you go with that? Oh my God. That's beautiful. I, I've, I have a friend of mine, uh, that used this term in Spanish, ruteando, ruteando, uh, ruteando, which what does means that mean? you go in a, in a route mm. and it means like, so is this Spanglish? It, it's Spanglish. Okay. It's ruteando. derived from, it, 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 it really, is derived from English, but it, it's like, but it's also grounded in Spanish because ruta is route. Yeah. So it means like going in a car and just going nowhere. And in a way, it, it, it has, it serves the purpose of just serving as a, a therapy. Like yes. Tranquilizing your, your inner, any anxiety you might have, like just, just go for a drive and drive it out. And see where it takes you, you know, because this might be just symbolic, metaphoric, whatever you want to call it. It's just the act of driving 
Whenever I'm driving, I must say, when, like for example, when I was driving here, yeah, I was thinking of all these other. It's almost like when you're taking a shower, you have or for this, me a shit, a shit. <laughs> you take a shit, you're in the zone. Oh yeah, you're in the zone, and you're just like, wait, I'm thinking of other things because I really don't have to think about moving the wheel or like steering. You know the the car, it's automatic. The process is automatic because you already know it. So you don't have to be consciously thinking about how to drive, right? So it gives you, it allows you that space to think about other things. So that's where your mind drifts, and that's when you have accidents. As well. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, fuck, <laughs> yeah. man, yeah. that gets some people in trouble. But I think uh, you're yeah. actually highlighting something that a lot of like neuroscience brain research points out that when you've been a driver for a while, this is why you end up at your job or a friend's house and you don't remember how you got there because your brain is on autopilot. Exactly. But I think within within that space, I I think to make your point, you can have time to almost be contemplative. Exactly. You, and it helps you overcome, overcome fear, procrastination, any type of anxiety you might have of over any kind of issue so driving is very therapeutic, you know, in a way. It, it, it helps you relieve that stress Yeah, in, in a sense. Oh, absolutely. Now, okay, and it's interesting. <laughs> and, and I, you know, based on last conversation, Patrick, I'm okay if we disagree truly. I, it seems like maybe you're more pro uh, self-driving car than I am. Maybe, maybe you can kind of help me understand where I'm getting it wrong. But that's one of my fears of self-driving cars is – how the fuck can you tell it to just go for a stroll or just a drive? Like, I guess in my thinking, it's always going to be sort of connected to a goal. It has to reach a certain destination. And and wouldn't that be a type of loss where yes. part of how we utilize cars therapeutically, psychologically is, yeah, to connect to the music, to roll the windows down, to fear the air on our face. And to just unwind and be almost in a state of contemplation. I agree with you. I can see your point. Uh, and, and the key word here would be unwind. Okay. Which would you you would not be able to do with a, a self-driving car because well, – well, you could because you're, you're, you're going to be – you're going to have all this free space and time to be able to enjoy all the advertisement that's going to be just, <laughs> I was going to say, man. Yeah, that's just, like uh, giving capitalism another thing. Another thing to just you know play video games, watch the news, whatever you want to do like while the car just drives. But it takes away from the experience of, of enjoying the sights, mm. the sensations – Rolling down the window, just like you said, mm-hmm. like breathe the air. Breathing in the air. Yeah. And this is something that I feel like it relates very well to. I even have it on my notes here. It's just like whenever you go, uh, I remember having my, and this is not just exclusively related to the car, but it's related to traveling. And no matter what vehicle, you can be on foot, backpacking in Europe on your own going to find any random hotel to stay in and you don't know where you're going to go and, and you might even end up like sleeping in like a, a on a bench in front of a museum which I did in in, in at the Louvre in in Paris dude that's fucking <laughs> awesome i'm so jealous <laughs> and and the thing is like it's not about taking pictures it's not about snapping all these 
memories on your phone. It's really about experiencing the moment. Something that might be taken away by AI cars or any si- sell, uh, type of, of uh, automated process when it comes to traveling, it becomes about assimilating and experiencing these things firsthand. The sights, the smells, the things that you're experiencing on your own account, mm. you know, and, and that's what makes traveling sometimes alone even better because you're really experiencing the moment on, in silence and just absorbing the whole thing as a sponge. Mm. And I feel like that goes well with with the the the, the this card, which is the chariot, with which is really the hero's journey. Which, as you can see, he's completely alone. Mm. He's driving his own vehicle here with his horses. Yeah. But really, as a human being, he's alone. Oh, another thing I have to mention about this card that it 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 goes <laughs> often overlooked when you read the literature in the books and it's like these things they don't notice, they don't realize how apart he is from the ground. He is just above it. He's in a perspective he's looking at the horses from above. And these are two horses. They represent, or sphinx, sphinxes, if you want, uh, or any type of vehicle that has this dual nature to it. They go left and right, black and white, Republican, Democ- Democrat, right, left, male, female. Doesn't matter. You can call it whatever you want. But the driver is in a position of seeing them for what they are, and doesn't necessarily identify with one or the other. He just participates in the whole mm. and is distanced from them and just reins them in and, and harnesses this, the power of the opposites. And that's how he is able to drive forward because he is not necessarily over-identified with one side or the other. He sees the whole. Mm. It's not black and white. It's a spectrum of grays. Ah, so good. Okay. Now, <laughs> I want to just take a quick pause because after you finish that last sip of wine, I want you to try this bourbon. And oh, my gosh. <laughs> I'm definitely not um, sponsored by them, but probably my favorite like bourbon company, Garrison Brothers. We're, we're, we're about to take a sip of what they call their Balmeray bourbon, which... It's expensive as fuck, but it's incredible. <laughs> 115 proof. It's probably my favorite bourbon. I want you to take a sip of it. And then after that, I'll I'll uh, ask you a question. And you had to drive over there. I had to drive there. Absolutely. <laughs> 100%. Yeah. To the beautiful hill country, Texas. Yeah. So. Cheers. Cheers. Salud. Yeah. Before I forget, I wanted to bring up uh, yeah. some... some contemporary pop culture references. Absolutely. From Lord of the Rings, Bilbo Baggins, from The Matrix, Neo, from Harry Potter, Harry Potter, you know. Uh, you have all of these characters have to face their fates and destinies and just forge ahead with your uh, with their personal missions and adventures. That what That's what this card is really mm. about. Okay. You know, uh, this is the call, the call for adventure from mm. Joseph Campbell. Really, that that's the first step that you take. I so love that you're connecting it to that. 
Yeah. Because I feel like a lot of people are familiar with these films, with these books. So it, it, it's a way to make it more tangible, more relatable. Absolutely. Okay, so this is a question that I wanted to ask you again. Like one of the things I love about your card, and it, and it is to me at least a bit of a tension or paradox, is that here you have this card or this card, carro, which as we've been talking about symbolizes freedom and the open road and, and going out on this adventure, the hero's journey. But it's at the same time stuck in a fucking traffic jam. Yes. And let me just tell you, so I have this game that I play with new clients when they're like maybe in elementary school. It's like a Jenga game where it has all these like questions and we kind of answer the questions for each other. But one of the questions is, you know, what makes you the most angry? And I always answer that question by saying, <laughs> I don't say fuck when I'm talking to a, an elementary school student, <laughs> but being stuck in a traffic jam. Yeah. It brings out the parts of me that are not very you know, humane or civilized. I can flick people off. I can honk my horn. I can yell a thousand different Spanish curse words. My kids laugh at me when I do that. I'm not proud of it, but man, the traffic jam to me is symbolic of some of the worst shit ever. Yes. And it's awful in Houston because you get stuck in traffic jams all the time. It's fucking annoying. <laughs> I gotta say. It's, uh, uh, w- what is the term for it uh, when you get in this anger? This uncontrollable, uncontrollable anger that is driven by traffic jams. There, there's a name for it. I forget the name for it. Uh, but there's this name for it that they get into this uncontrollable feeling of just, I'm going to kill everyone. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> what the fuck? It's just, I cannot handle it. I'm, I don't have any control over this. So what you can do is just listen to an audiobook, relax, listen to the radio, relax, just go into a different zone. Mm. It's not in your control, like the Stoics, like Marcus Aurelius would recommend. If it's not in your control, just don't. You don't have to be a slave to it. Mm. You don't be. You don't have to be. You don't have to submit to it. You have to just let go of it. I like that, Patrick. Thank you for pointing that out. I, I think what also speaks to me about your rendition of this card is as much as I want to idealize, you know, concepts like freedom and individuality and the pursuit of bliss, none of that ever really exists without the realities of the everyday life, like traffic jams, yes, like frustrations from your partner or your kids or the things that kind of quote unquote get in your way. Like your rendition of the chariot is so realistic. It's pushing toward these ideals, but it's also forcing you to reckon with the fucking traffic jam, which is so human and so everyday. So when it comes to traffic jams, (laughs) I mean, symbolically, right? I'm not, not, I'm not talking here in practical, literal uh, uh, format here. I'm trying to, to see it in an allegorical way. 
you have to think about how I started from point A in order to get to point B. In, in terms of your own life, right? Your own life, how did I end up here? Mm. So how did I end up in this paradigm, in this, in this set of circumstances that is leading me towards this specific point? Because really the, the chariot card is what, what it, it's telling us is where the starting point is. We might have a clear sense of the goal, where we want to get to, the, the, the point where we want to end, the end line, right? Uh, we might, might know that already, but we might want to go back and think re- and rethink how it all started, where all this whole ordeal or adventure, were, whatever you want to call it, depending on your perspective, if it's pessimistic or optimistic, is, is all about and, 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 uh, and what motivates me as a person to drive forward? What is it that's driving me and forging this path ahead of me? What kind of path do I want to lead? And what, what kind of road do I want to take? Hmm. You know, and, and, and you can go into your Google Maps and, and, and do all the, like the, the map quest. What's, is there a shortcut to this traffic jam? Think about how applying that to your own life, you know, and, and it's like, there's a problem here. How can I take away, uh, how can I learn from this mm. and, and try to take a, a, a shorter distance in a way that it's going to be more effective and in a way it's, I'm going to appreciate the time it saved me to get to here to where I want to be. Yeah. Oh, that's really good. This bourbon is good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's bringing out all kinds of yeah. insights. Yeah, what I wanted to mention about the chariot as well is is that this is the point where we reach maturation. Mm. And, you know, in the lovers card previously, we were in our not infancy, but more like in our teenage teenage years of falling in love and thinking about independence. This is when we actually achieve independence. Mm. This is when we become the successful adults that we, you know, this is the role I want to play in society. This is the job I want to attain. This is what I want to do to contribute to the the betterment of of our our culture. That's good, Patrick. You know, yeah. I, again, just a quick aside, this actually goes back to the argument in Matthew Crawford's book that if we didn't evolve to necessarily drive cars, the fact that we've been semi-successful in doing so is maybe pointing to a type of human evolution or growth. It's 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 a it's a positive that we've been able to adapt to these circumstances. Sure, there's still accidents. Sure, we fuck things up in some ways. But the fact that for the most part we can drive a car which requires all these skills that we didn't necessarily evolve to inhabit is quite impressive. It is. I, I, I agree completely. When you think about uh, the, the achievement, the completion of, of things that we grew up with that are just a given today, right? Driving cars. Right. And yeah. I don't even think about it. It's just automatic. It's just, for me, it's in the nature of the number seven, which is the card mm. that represents the, the chariot. 
The number seven really uh, is related to fate, destiny, completion, transformation, and enlightenment. It's it's the completion of the Genesis, the seventh day. Uh, you know, God takes uh, a break from creation. You know, it relates to alchemy, astrology, to the notes of the the musical notes, to the virtues, to the seven colors of the rainbow, the sins, the seas, the continents. It's a completion. It's an amalgamation of all things put into one. Mm. So that's why this is so relevant. This is a very important card when we think about it, because it's it's the completion of all these other things that we've learned from society, from our parents, through the empress, through the emperor, through through the pope, the popes, uh, the lovers. We learn all of these things from our previous early indoctrination process through school, through uh, our dad, our mom, our grandparents, universities, societies. They all told us this is the way things are done. The chariot tells us now you decide how to take your own individuality and complete your process of individuation on your own terms. Mm, yeah, that's good. Okay. Another question I have about your specific card is the on the kind of top right-hand side, the standard oil symbol, logo, sign. Why standard oil? Standard oil was one of the first oil companies. And uh, from there, we have all the oil companies, gas uh, stations that we have today. That's really the primary source and point of departure from all of these. But at the same time, I feel like there's a double meaning in it. Because besides being standard oil, the way I cropped it on, in my own deck, Tarot Neocolonial de las Americas, is stand. It's like stand on your own feet. Mm. Like make your own decisions. Make your own mind. Decide what where you want to go. Decide what you want to do with your own life. You know, be alert, be aware of your circumstances, where you're coming from, and where are you going to? Mm. See, and this is where, man, I keep on coming back to kind of Matthew Crawford and his argument in his book, but I think, and maybe it's a bit extreme, but his point would be if we move toward something like, and I don't think it has to be reduced to self-driving cars, but what that represents it encourages humans not to stand on their own two feet. It's it's almost a type of infantilization or just making things easy. Here you are, you can enter this vehicle and let it just take you wherever it wants to take you instead of you got to get in, you got to think about what you're going to do, where you're going to go. Maybe if you're driving a manual, you've got to kind of think about how you're going to shift into gear could it be that technology prevents us from being our full evolved selves? I don't know. I feel that technology should be a facilitator of our higher purposes, of our own idea of, of reason, critical thinking, which I, by the way, think should be about 
you know, this card should be all about critical thinking. It should be about uh, developing our independent thought, not aligning with one side or the other on the political spectrum or being used by technology, but rather using technology for our own purposes of, of being enlightened, self-reliant human beings. Mm, I like that, Patrick. Okay, so I know, man, we've explored so much of the card. We've looked at various different elements. Is there something about it that you feel like I've missed asking? Yeah, well, no. Something you'd want to highlight? I think we've covered pretty much uh, basically what the card is all about. This must be understood as a card that is really the end of the first line of the major arcana which really had to do with mm. more with society and what society expects us to perform or do as as human beings or as, as men right and the car is the culmination of that right we graduate from school now what we are launched into the world and now we have to pursue a career that's what this card is all about we are now successful. We make money. We pay our student loans. Now we are fucking successful. Now what the <laughs> fuck? What what are we expected to do? Now well, we now have a family. We have kids. We have a we buy a house. You know, we buy your consumer goods. You you know, we, we are we're happy, right? We get a loan, we got another loan, the banks are happy. <laughs> That's what the car wants us to do. It's the push of industry, it's the push of the American dream, it's the push of progress and and everything that's expected of us and from a consumer uh modern perspective, right? Mm. But this is just the beginning. Because what comes next, what you'll see in the following cards is an inner exploration of our own psyche, of who we really are as human beings. You know, our virtues, our vices, what makes us tick as human beings, what our our own failings as parents, as as uh, you know in a marriage as individuals what is it that really makes us us be us so that's what's coming up next in the next cards mm. this is really the first step and in, into the realm of equilibrium inner equilibrium that is right the unconscious and the superconscious is what's coming after this Everything you've experienced so far in the discussions we've had from, let's say, the fool to the magician to the popist to the empress to the emperor to the pope to the lovers up to this point with the chariot has been all about what society expects from us. Everything that we have been taught, our indoctrination and our upbringing up to the point of independence. And from this point on, it's us on our own and just facing our own inner demons and our own inner angels. Ooh, I love it. Okay, I'm not sure I can say much more. (laughs) Dude, I can't wait to discuss the next one.
Yeah, sure. Me too. Okay. All right. Until next time. Until next time, Kike. Thanks a lot. Thank you for listening to the podcast. I hope that you were inspired and challenged by the conversation. I'd love to hear from you and I would love to connect. The best way to reach me is to go to my website. You can go to Q-U-I-Q-U-E-A-U-T-R-E-Y. That's kikeatri.com. And there you'll find all my contact information. Or if you just Google my name, Kike Autry, you'll find my Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram accounts, and you can reach out to me through those means. You can also check out the website of the practice that I work at, Katie Counseling for Men. That's katiecounselingformen.com, where I serve as the lead men's counselor, and you can reach out to me through that. If you're interested in being a guest on the podcast, or if you have any ideas on individuals that I could interview, please let me know. I'm always grateful to hear from my listeners. Uh, This wouldn't be possible without you. Thank you so much. And as always, continue the conversation. Mm -hmm.